0: Turn in your Bible, please, to Hebrews 9, verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The book of Hebrews is authorless as far as a name is concerned. Many people believe Paul wrote it, and I have no problem with that at all. Others believe Barnabas wrote it, and Luke, and other people, but... It has the stamp of the Holy Spirit on every page, and when you read hebrews nine twenty seven let me read just a little bit before that verse twenty five nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others, for then must he have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he Appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Talking about Jesus. And as is it appointed unto men once to die. But after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him. Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. All the way through the scripture. The inference is those that look for him. Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on earth? This is a faithless generation. Almost everybody in the secular world is from Missouri. They say, before I believe it, show me. And they want proof. We sang in Sunday school a little while ago. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And part of the phrase says... Because there's a grave empty in Jerusalem, I know he lives. Jesus is alive today. And to those who look for him, he will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And then he gave this wonderful truth. It's both a warning and an encouragement. As it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. This infers so many things. Number one, it infers that all we're ever going to do that we personally can do in Jesus' name must be done while we're here. We don't have very long to do it. Some people live 10 years, some 20, some 34 or 50 or 60 or 70, some live to be in 100. Life as to duration is so very brief, just a breathless and then a funeral. It's a heartbeat lesson than a grave digged. We do not have permanent tenure on the house in which we live. And so what we do, we must do now. Not one of us can say, I know for certain I'll be here next Sunday. We may be meeting in a funeral home in honor of somebody before the week is over, somebody that's here today. And so let me encourage that we lay on our hearts this truth as it is appointed to men once to die but after this the judgment there are five judgments spoken of clearly in the scripture first is the judgment of the believer's sin if you look over in john chapter 12 you'll see these words verse 31 now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And in John chapter 5, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death to life. Do you know what that means? That means when you put your faith in Jesus, every sin in your life retroactively was judged on the cross. Every one of them. You and I are not going to stand judgment for our sins. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. Now this is unnerving to people who believe in a works salvation. They tend to believe that if you work hard enough, everything will be all right. If you do enough good deeds, everything will be all right. If you live a good, holy life all your life and you get to the end and God adds up all the good things you've done, weighs them against the bad things you've done, everything will be all right if you've done no good things. Well, that makes, this scripture makes those people nervous Because this scripture says All of our sins were judged on Christ Now is the judgment of this world And I, if I be lifted up from the earth Will draw all men unto me And wherever the gospel is preached And people open their hearts to Jesus Their sins are forgiven That's the reason we as Bible believers Know that we're saved once and for all You can't be saved four or five times. Or three or four times. Or even two times. Only once. Now that doesn't mean that everybody walks down the aisle is saved. Doesn't mean everybody makes a profession of faith is saved. Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven and in that kingdom of heaven there are wheats, wheat, and tares. In the passage we studied in Matthew 25 this morning there were five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. The five wise were the saved ones, they symbolized the saved ones. The five foolish ones that had no oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit, there was nothing inside. They looked okay on the outside, but they had nothing inside. They were lost and yet they were in the apparent kingdom of heaven. People on the outside couldn't tell the difference until the bridegroom came. And that pictures the judgment. And so there are people, perhaps within the sound of my voice today, who say everything is alright. I've done some good things. I go to church. I sing the songs of Zion. I'm trying to be good to my neighbors. I pay my debts. I'm a worthy husband or wife or son or daughter and I'm all right. But he that believeth not is condemned already. The word believe means to trust. Just as you're trusting that pew to hold you and when you came in you didn't ask Danny Pettigo to come and examine every pew to see if that'll hold your weight. You just trusted it. You sat down in it and it's holding you. That's the way we trust Jesus. We put all our weight on him. We put all of our sins upon him. And he forgives us and saves us. Boy, man, When death comes, it's too late to do anything about it. Those five foolish virgins that had no oil... When the bridegroom came, they said to those who were wise, who had oil in their lamps, give us some of your oil. But it was too late. The door was shut and they could not go in. Symbolizing that when the Lord comes and when judgment comes and when death comes, if you do not have the oil of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you've never received Christ, it's too late. As it is appointed to man once to die, after this the judgment. Well, there's a second judgment. We don't have time to dwell on it this morning, and I've spoken of this many times before. And and the message this morning is sort of a, a teaching message. We want you to remember the five judgments. The second judgment is the judgment at the communion service, and it's spoken of in First Corinthians chapter eleven. And he says, before you take the elements, the broken bread and the cup examine yourself let every man examine himself it's not my business to examine you nor your business to examine anybody else we're to examine ourselves we're to examine ourselves in regard to whether we're in doctrinal agreement with Jesus whether we're in spiritual agreement and doctrinal agreement with the people we take the supper with and am I mad at anybody Have I held some grudge in my heart against somebody else? If I have, I need to get rid of it. Let every man examine himself. And you'll notice before we take the Lord's Supper when we do that, we have a time of rededication. Our deacons usually kneel around the table. We ask our people to assume a posture of humility. And we confess our sins to the Lord and ask God to clear us, forgive us. Because he says if you judge yourself, you will not be judged by the Lord. But if you do not judge yourself, then you'll be judged by the Lord. And he says, for this reason, many are sick and many sleep. Now keep in mind when the New Testament speaks of a Christian's death, he speaks of sleeping. It doesn't say that a Christian dies. He sleeps. When your loved one lay down for the last time and his eyes closed in what we call death if he's saved he's sleeping his spirit's gone to be with the Lord his body will rest in the grave until Jesus comes and when Jesus comes at the command of the voice of the son of God the dead in Christ will rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air but remember after death It's impossible to erase those grudges you'll have to give account of them at the judgment seat of Christ and that's the next judgment it's spoken of in 2nd Corinthians 5 10 brother Teddy read it this morning for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ the we there are believers Christians we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may see the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad and so at the judgment seat of Christ we'll be asked why did you do what you did preacher why'd you preach just to be seen of men, or because God called you to preach and you heralded the message without fear or favor You know, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you may not like what the preacher preaches. You may say, well, I'm going to go to some other church where he doesn't preach like that. Well, you just keep in mind that the preacher has to give an account to the Lord for what he's preached. And whether we like it or don't like it, we need to heed it and listen. Because it's from the Lord. Now, there are some parasite preachers. Some that preach to curry the favor of people. One of the big problems in America today are the pulpits. But when you listen to the word of God and you hear what God says and your heart churns a little bit and it gets disturbed a little bit and you think, well, I wish he wouldn't preach like that. That may be the Holy Spirit needling your heart. Listen to him. Because if you do not... You'll have to deal with that at the judgment seat of Christ. And so I ask you, what do you do with your talents? What do you do with your voice of singing? Do you sing the little old ditties of the world? Do you focus your mind on pornography and the filth of the world? Do you fill your life with the trash heaps and the garbage cans? Is that what you eat out of? Or do you come to the delicious word of God, love it, and let it judge you? We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Top lady, Augustus Toplady, died in London August the 11th, 1778 at the age of 38. He was the author of the immortal words, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. He had everything before him to make life desirable. Yet when death drew near, his soul exulted in gladness. He said, it is my dying avowal that these great and glorious truths which the Lord in rich mercy has given me to believe and enabled me to preach, are now brought into practical and heartfelt experience. They are the very joy and support of my soul. On his deathbed, he said, sickness is no affliction, pain no curse, death no disillusion. And yet, how this soul of mine longs to be gone like a bird imprisoned in its cage. It longs to take its flight. Had I wings like a dove, Then would I fly to the bosom of God and be at rest forever. What a bright sunshine has been spread around me. I know it cannot be long until my Savior will come for me. Is it going to be like that when you come to die? You're looking forward to eternity. That doesn't mean you're in a hurry to get out. God doesn't put any premium on suicide. I believe suicide people are momentarily out of their minds. Or filled with the devil. Judas Iscariot was both, perhaps. But I do believe that you and I need to face life realistically, knowing that any day could be our last. Brian Berkeley had a friend in high school named Chad. Just suddenly, he was hurled out into eternity the other day. His funeral was over at the Kirby Funeral Home. A young man, right in the prime of life. He's gone now. That could happen to any of us. It is appointed to men once to die. And what you do will count for all eternity. I speak first of all to Christians. What you do as a believer will be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Have you given your talents to the Lord so that he can use you? Have you been faithful to him with your time and your talents and your tithes and your very self? It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face will all sorrow erase when we see him. The other day at the service we turned to the cross like we've done at teen time every night for 40 years. And we've sung, but until then... That means until we get home, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy, I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold his city. Until the day God calls me home. I want to appeal to all of us here today. Let's so order our lives that we'll not be ashamed before him at his coming. Whether it be in the second coming of Christ or at our hour of death. And we do not know how long we have. We must all, believers, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And what a wonderful joy to receive the crowns of homecoming. You just think Jesus comes along and says, Hey, inasmuch as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And you say, Well, Lord, when did I see you hunger and feed you? When did I see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did I see you sick or in prison and visited you? You did it all because Jesus lives in your heart. And the answer from heaven comes, friend, and as much as you did it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. That'll make it worth it, won't it? What you do, you do to Jesus. Check everything out that we do and say, Lord, is this to glorify you? Is this to honor you? The songs we sing, the sermons we preach, the things we read, The things we feed our mind on. The things we use for entertainment. I was thinking while ago as Lloyd was singing, Lloyd Williford could have been a professional ball player. He was offered a position as a professional. He played that for some time. Excellent athlete. Tremendous athlete. And then he got saved. He His testimony, he got saved at a basketball game. Lloyd, excuse me for saying this, he didn't know he could sing. I asked him to sing one day. He didn't think he could. He's been singing ever since. The songs of Zion. Do you notice what he sings? He doesn't sing some song way in some distant land that nobody can understand. He sings a song about Jesus. One of the great hymns, one of the great songs. I think when he gets home, Jesus is going to say, Lloyd, and as much as you sang unto one of the least of my, bro- my brethren, my brother, you you sang to me. What are you doing with what God has given us? Well, there's another judgment. I don't have time to deal with it we studied in Sunday school this morning, the judgment of the nations. It's spoken in Matthew 25. Before him shall gather all the nations of the world. And the question will be, what did you do with the people of God? No nation has ever prospered that treated the Jews or the Christians in an ungodly way. You just check history, not one. Egypt tried it. They enslaved the Jews. Egypt is gone and the Jews still stand. Assyria tried it. The Jews are still coming back to Palestine from all over the world where the Assyrians sent them. And Assyria is gone. Rome tried it. When Titus marched into Rome in 70 A.D., he made it a death penalty for Jews to ever live in Jerusalem again, and for years they were scattered everywhere. Where are the Jews today? Where is Rome, great Roman Empire today? Hitler tried it. Exterminating six million Jews. He wanted to get rid of all the Jews of the world. And God raised up nations of the world to put Hitler down. And God used the nations of the world as a judgment on Hitler. Stalin tried it. Stalin's gone. There are nations today that hate the Christians. Even in our beloved America, there's a bias against Christians. You can say anything you want to against Christians, but don't say anything against homosexuals or you're in trouble. Don't say anything against blacks or you're in trouble. Don't say anything against women or you're in trouble. But you can put the Christians down all you want to it's free game because there's a bias against Christian faith out in California there's there are schools where they're teaching the Muslim religion they're getting to dress up like Muslims and they're teaching the scriptures and they're having to memorize scriptures from the Quran you let some Christian school teacher try that and what happens the ACLU marches in and they fire the teacher that's the kind of world we live in and it may get more severe but I want to tell you he that would live godly in this present world will suffer persecution and no nation has ever prospered that persecutes the Jews or the Christians or the people of God and that scripture tells it we'll go on there's one last judgment in Revelation 20 the judgment of the great white throne and I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the heavens and the earth fed away and all the nations were gathered and the ju- the dead were judged out of the books which were written and in those books were written every sin every evil deed every thing that was done in that man's life Now, keep in mind, the judgment of the great white throne is just for the lost. You see, if you're here today and you're lost, you're not saved, and you die lost, your body will go to the grave, your spirit will go to hell. But at the end of the, the age, there's going to be a great white throne judgment, and your body is going to be raised, and you'll stand in your new body before God, at the judgment of the great white throne, and you'll be asked for a reason. Why did you reject God's only remedy for sin? Why did you do that? And you'll say, well, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. Didn't I do all these wonderful things in your name? And Jesus will say, wait a minute, angel, go look in the book of life. See if you can find that man's name. There's a search made through the book of life. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The lost will come to the judgment. They didn't have time for salvation here, but they will not be late for that appointment there. It is appointed a man once to die, and after this the judgment. Where do you stand? As a believer, are you honoring Christ? If you're here today and you're not saved, no matter what age you are, if you're not saved, don't run the risk of going out to the end of life and in death have to stand before God. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Word of God that tells so much truth. It is appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We pray that every believer here will flee from the wrath to come and will serve the Lord and say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be your special servant. No matter what you call me to do, if I'm a gardener, if I'm a lawyer, if I'm a shopkeeper, if I'm a factory worker, if I'm a preacher, whatever I am, I want to do it as unto thee. And Father, we pray for those within the sound of our voice who are lost, that the Holy Spirit of God will draw them close to your heart. That they'll be willing to say, here am I, Lord, I trust you as Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. What are we singing? 167. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come to thee. Now this is for you. You may be here today. You've never been saved. You've never given your heart to Christ. You've never repented of your sins. I urge you to do that right now. You may say, well, I don't know how to do it. Come and let us show you from the Bible and in prayer meet God. If you're already a Christian, are you serving Him? Are you living where God answers prayer? Do what God wants you to do. While we sing, will you come?